0: Be sure to visit Aaron on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Like and share your favorite episodes, which are now available on all podcast platforms, including the Charisma Podcast Network. And consider becoming a financial partner by supporting this ministry. Visit AaronRios.com for more details.
1: The enemy's goal is not to knock you down. His goal is to keep you down and what he fears the most is that you might actually get back on. So I want to challenge you first to recognize that there's something great at stake.
0: Welcome to Press On with your host, Aaron Rios. We pray you are enriched, encouraged, and inspired to run the race and to press on towards the cause of Christ.
1: I want to welcome you back to another episode of Press On. I'm your host, Aaron Rios. I'm so grateful that you're with me today. Today, I want to challenge you to stay in the fight. I believe some of you want to throw in the towel. Some of you have been tempted to quit. But this word today, I believe it's from the heart of God, from his word straight to you to tell you don't quit. Don't throw in the towel. Stay in the fight. We're going to be looking at 1 John 5.5 very briefly. And then we're gonna break it apart because I believe wrapped in this verse are some powerful concepts of how to walk in victory. Did you realize God never leads you into a battle to lose it? God never puts you in a predicament that you cannot overcome and produce an end result that's far more glorious than what you went into it as. Here's what it says in 1 John 5, 5. Who is it that overcomes the world? Only the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Hey, let's pray real quick. Father, in Jesus' name, I ask you over the next several minutes that you would penetrate the hearts and the ears of every listener. And God, I pray that you would speak to us. Breathe on us, Holy Spirit, that this wouldn't just be Aaron's words, God. In fact, I yield myself to you over the next several minutes, God, and I ask that you would speak to all of us. In Jesus' name, amen. Right off the bat, when I look at this verse, I see two words that we have to wrestle with. The first is overcome, and then the second is the antidote, belief. That word overcome lets us know that there is potential in every conflict for victory. There is potential in every conflict for you and for me to taste victory. But there is also the possibility of failure. There's also a possibility that you may not overcome. This statement is a question. Who is it that overcomes? Only one kind of person overcomes the one who believes that Jesus is the son of God. Look, this isn't just a salvation statement. This is a concept of how to continually walk in victory because if you believe that Jesus is the son of God, then you're gonna believe every word that he has to say all throughout scripture. And so to believe that Jesus is the son of God is to believe everything, is to believe that he does lead you into triumph. Thanks be to God who always leads us into triumph through his son, Jesus. So let me look at that word belief for just a moment because too often the image that's painted in my mind is somebody crossing their fingers or squinting their eyes and saying I do believe I do believe I do believe as if you have to force your emotions and your mind to hold on to something that's that's mythological or mystical or magical but that's not scriptural belief scriptural belief is the affirmation of what God has to say that's in other words I'm saying God I believe your word and I'm going to walk in it despite the lack of evidence but the world concept of belief is I hold on by uh, unseen faith until the thing that I'm believing materializes and then I'm fulfilled but God doesn't call us into that God calls us to walk in accordance with his word believing what he has said to be true and whether or not I see a physical evidence of what he has already said I am gonna walk with a confidence knowing affirming knowing that what God's Word says is true it's not blind and it doesn't mean there's no evidence to it too often what we're actually looking for is we're looking for physical evidence first and then we're going to walk it out right i'll never believe unless i see isn't that what thomas said i won't believe it unless i see it so this is a normal thing in the lives of people but god wants us to believe despite physical evidence sometimes in other words it's not just you folding your hands and saying well i'm just not going to do it until god shows up but rather i'm going to do it i'm going to walk it out i affirm what you say lord i may not see it with my eyes and i may not feel it but goosebumps might not be standing up but deep down inside i know your word to be true so i'm going to begin to walk i'm going to begin to walk a path that is demonstrative of this inward conviction. The word is pisteo. It's just a deep conviction that I'm gonna do despite sometimes a lack of physical evidence. So the question I have for you is, what's your plan to survive? Because there's warfare coming. That We're already experiencing warfare over the last several years the church and many Christians, we've just been going through it. And I believe there's going to be a heightened sense of warfare to wear out believers. And you have to have a plan. You have to know the the wiles or the schemes of the enemy. Old, old English is the wiles of the enemy. We don't really use that word, but the scheme, the plan. The enemy is strategically plotting how to bring you down, how to destroy your marriage, how to destroy your children, how to destroy your family, and you can't just live ignoring that, pretending like that's not happening. Just because you try to omit yourself from the conflict does not mean the conflict is gonna stop. You still have to live a life engaged and prepared Oh, but thanks be to God that we can have victory and overcome. So I want to lay out five strategies to overcoming and I pray that as you consider the following, that God is going to breathe strength back into you, deep down into your bones, and that you will be able to continue to stand against the schemes of the enemies, all right? So here's the first thing I want to want to talk about, is the battle you're in is always proportionate to what's at stake. Some of you have been through some major things. Some of you are going through marriage crisis right now. Some of you are dealing with backslidden, prodigal kids. Some of you are dealing with things in your job, and I want you to know that the things That you're facing is proportionate to the prize that is at stake. If it's intense, there's a reason. And I want you to know that if you're in a fight, it's something worth fighting for. In fact, it's possible the thing that's happening in your life, the enemy actually deems it a threat, and that's why he's coming after you so hard. But it's not just the enemy trying to go after your bank account or go after your nice car, your nice home, your nice marriage. If you don't position those things in your life, both the blessings and the abundance in your life as something that can actually be a threat to the kingdom, you see the enemy recognizes the potential of all that you have. Sometimes the enemy may have a higher opinion of you than you have of yourself. I think a lot of Christians live with their head down, constantly feeling defeated rather than living with their head up because I know where my help comes from. I lift my eyes unto the hills. I know where my help comes up, comes from. So we don't live with our eyes lifted up. Sometimes we live, we live often with our heads hanging down because we feel down because we feel pressed and crushed but you wouldn't be pressed and crushed if, if you weren't something worth pressing and worth crushing. Sometimes God is the one actually allowing you to go through these seasons of pressing and crushing through the pain. He's a master potter. Don't you know that every pot has to be shaped and molded and stuck in fire? But regardless of the culprit, in other words, if it's God bringing you through a season of shaping and molding, or maybe you've been living in a season of rebellion and disobedience, and now you're finding yourself in the deep conflict, whatever it is, it's always a sign that there is a potential within you of doing something great. The enemy's goal is not to knock you down. His goal is to keep you down. And what he fears the most is that you might actually get back up. So I want to challenge you first to recognize that there's something great at stake. Get up. Get up. Stand up. If you lose your footing, if you fall back into sin, if you fall back, if you slip up, if you make a mistake, I want to challenge you. Get up repent and keep moving forward in the kingdom if you're a believer if you're a child of God you don't fall back you only fall forward if you begin to fall back that's a problem but when you fall fall forward fall on your face fall in repentance fall in say, father have mercy Jesus son of David have mercy on me I know you will lead me in victory I know you will lead me in triumph Well, the second thing I wanna talk to you about is actually don't rely on potential. I mentioned the devil sees potential. I recognize many of us, we live based on potential. Perhaps there is a lot of potential in your life, but did you know potential is not enough? We get a lot of encouragement when people talk about potential, and truly, the devil is not merely after your potential alone. The reward you'll find often in scripture is for those who persevere everybody has potential everybody was born with potential we often become complacent and lazy uh, when we are objects of potential people will look at you and say you got so much talent oh you are capable of so much and those are good counseling words and good affirming words but you know you need to move past your potential you need to move into a place of action god is looking for soldiers who will persevere God is calling you to be a person of action. So move past your potential. Don't rely on what you could be. Become what you could be. Live like you are what you could be. Let the potential come into fruition and become the man or the woman of God that your potential says you can be. The third thing, check your God. Somebody say that with me, check your God. The litmus test for every great king in Israel was whether or not they rid the land of idolatry. That was always detest. What do you value most? See, when you're in the fight, we tend to rely on ourselves. We tend to rely on our own coping mechanisms. We tend to rely on our own ability to handle the stress and handle the fight. And when it becomes too much, we bail on it. You know why? Because sometimes we lose sight of our God. Who is my God? He is the one who leads me into victory. Who is this God? He is the one that was able to lead the children of Israel through the Red Sea, through a wilderness, to bring them into a land to conquer and to overcome They always you'll always find the point of failure not on god you'll always find it in people well i may have mentioned this but god never leads you into a battle you can't win maybe it's better said he'll never lead you into a battle he can't win god has called you to win every battle why is it that we give up victories We say things like, well, we may have lost the battle, but we will win the war. God has never called you to lose a battle, and God has never called you to lose a war. It's thanks be to God who always leads us into triumph. So you gotta check your God. Is your opinion your God? Are your feelings your God? Or is Jehovah, the great I am, your God? The battles we often face are battles of actually whether or not I will rely on God when I face the most difficult pressing situations, I have to ask myself, am I truly relying on God? Listen, I'm living this out. I'm going through situations where I have to ask myself, am I truly relying on God? Will he deliver me? Or will I have to deal with delivering myself? Relying on God's word and his work on the cross is the only surefire path towards victory. What am I saying? You're gonna be brought into situations that look unbearable, down to the last minute, down to the wire, not knowing how am I gonna pay this bill, not knowing how am I gonna make sense out of the situation, how am I gonna pull this airplane out of a nosedive? Thanks be to God, thanks be to God. You gotta check your God. Know the God you're worshiping. Here's the fourth thing. If you wanna stay in the fight and you wanna walk in victory, sometimes the duration Of your fight lasts as long as your idols stay in place. That's a bold statement. But here's the fourth thing. You have to tear down the high places. You have to tear down the high places. See, most of the battles that we find ourselves in, it's not really the one-on-one conflict with the devil. The devil's already been defeated. Most of the conflict I'm having is with myself. Whether or not I will trust God, whether or not I will rely on those high places in my life that are safe and secure and that deliver me. I'm talking about relying on my giftings, my talents, my resources, my time, relying on me. Sometimes I am the high place that needs to get torn down. Did you ever consider that? When we talk about high places, we're talking about those places that were often found in the Old Testament where the children of Israel would erect altars and places of worship, but the worship was not directed to God. It was directed to idolatry. It was directed to false gods. It was directed towards idols that had no power or ability to save or deliver or heal. How often I erect these places in my own life that seem comfortable, those places that seem safe, those places that seem like my camp of joy, my camp of peace, my camp of hope. God is calling you to tear down the high places in your life. God will perform great exploits, but he uses his people to perform them through. And when he shows you an idol, you need to destroy it. When he shows you, he's gonna reveal those things that you've been trusting in. What have you been trusting in for your peace? What have you been looking to for victory? let him use your gifts and talents and resources to establish his kingdom he's going to use those things when you sing those songs you need to make sure the songs you're singing are songs to god you need to make sure that you're investing in the kingdom of god the kingdom that has no end and here's the fifth thing i want to look at is be excited for war because the opposition is also the prize. Don't you know that the enemy held the provisions that God wanted to bestow on his people? Every time the people of God went into a foreign land, then God was saying, I'm going to give you this territory. And inside this territory, oh, here's the prize. Here's what's in the territory, food and water and oils and all these riches and wealth. The enemy's been storing it up just for you. And right now, it seems like the church is being pressed and pushed and crushed right now. And sometimes it looks like the world is prospering. Oh, David used to lament about this. Why is it that the wicked seem to prosper? Why is it? They're prospering because they're doing the hard work. God is going to turn it over to you. Oh, that's not a word of prosperity. That's God's word of blessing. We clearly see in scripture that the larger the giants The larger the treasure and the larger the territory. God's seeking those who are going to persevere in the fight. Are you persevering in the fight? Will you persevere? Will you stay in the game? Will you stay in that marriage? Will you stay in that church? Will you stay in that situation that might feel uncomfortable? I'm not talking about staying in abuse and staying in things where, that, are, that are putting you at potential risk or danger. Sometimes we need to know when to flee. But there are many battles that you should have won and that I should have won, but we gave up too soon because we were relying on ourselves. Here's what I want you to hear today. The devil isn't looking to play games. He's on the prowl. He's looking to devour you. So you and me, we have to hold on to the promise of victory when he comes at you. And again, I want you to just consider that he wouldn't be coming after you, your finances, your marriage, your children, your church, if they were not worth contending for. Oh, don't give up the prize. The enemy wants to wear you out. But God's plan and desires for you to be an overcomer. Will you be an overcomer? Belief in Jesus must lead to actions and imperatives, not simply professions, because faith without work is dead. I wanna encourage you today to be empowered by the call. Man, the fact that God has called, commissioned us, He has incredible plans for you. Did you really think that He would lead you into a battle He wouldn't win? I wanna pray for you today. I want to pray that you'd have the strength to stick it out, to keep going, hold tight. I know it might look like the rain clouds have formed above you, but when the clouds bust open and the rain pours down, here's here's what the promise is after the fact: is that the land will be cleansed, and all of the life giving flow that's needed to bear fruit, to grow that grass, to grow the foliage. The same storm that thunders over you and tosses the boat is the same storm that cleanses the land and provides the necessary water for the farmland. Sometimes we need to just hold on through the storm in order to receive the abundance and growth afterwards. I wanna challenge you. God did not lead you into a battle to lose. Let me pray for you. Father, in Jesus' name, There's so many people that are going through the battle of the mind and battle of the heart. They don't know how they're going to make it through. They don't see hope before them. They don't have a strategy. They feel overwhelmed. They feel worn out. But I'm confident, oh God, that you want to lead us in victory. You never bring us into a fight to lose. And God, I would ask you today that you'd begin to breathe hope in the hearts and in the lives and the minds of your people We would walk with a confidence knowing that my God is for me. My God is with me. There is no battle that I will lose because greater is he who is in me. God, I ask you today that you would begin to inspire the hearts of your people to take hold of your word, to take hold of your promises, and to know you have called me to overcome. May my confidence, my faith, my affirmation be in your word. I will begin to walk according to your word, living it out. Even if the evidence looks contrary, your word is true. And I thank you for that. May faith arise in our lives. May hope arise in our hearts and that we would live for you with all the confidence and joy in Christ's matchless name. Amen.
0: Thank you for joining us. If today's message encouraged you to continue running the race, we invite you to share this message with others. Until next time, keep pressing on.